you are listening to the Inclusion Revolution Radio. I'm your podcast host, Noby Craven. I'm a Special Olympics DC athlete and a Special Olympics international employee. On this podcast, I interview athletes, partners, ambassadors, employees, and supporters of Special Olympics. This podcast is for anyone and everyone who's interested in Special Olympics and the work that we do. New episodes premiere every other Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, anywhere you get your podcast. Today, we will be talking with Ann Costello, who is the exec- executive director of the Galasano Foundation, along with Dr. Elisa Brizano, the chief health officer at Special Olympics. Welcome, Ann and Dr. Brizano, to the Inclusion Revolution podcast. We are so excited to have you here today. Ann Costello has worked for over more than 40 years in the nonprofit sector. She joined the Goddess Solomon Foundation in 1999 and has created impactful partnerships which have led to the inclusion of people with intellectual disabilities around the world. With the partnership between the Goddess Solomon Foundation and Special Olympics, Ann has helped facilitate and advance our our Special Olympics global health community work. She has worked tirelessly to ex- expand the inclusive access to health care for the people with intellectual disabilities in all communities. And is also a member of the Special Olympics New York Health Advisory Committee. As a pediatrician, Dr. Bozano has cared for people with intellectual disabilities for over 20 years. She joined Special Olympics over two years ago as our very first chief health officer responsible for providing strategic oversight of health activities around the world. We share public funding, policies, medical training programs, and health services the delivery are inclusive, are inclusive of people with intellectual disabilities. Tom Galasano and the Galasano Foundation have been longtime friends of the Special Olympics movement. And can you share how this partnership came to be between the Galasana Foundation and Special Olympics, as well as the defining moments that led Mr. Galasano to give his first major gift to Special Olympics back in 2012? Sure, I'd be happy to, Novi. I don't know if you know it, but Tom has been a fan of Special Olympics for many, many years. As the parent of a son with IDD, who enjoyed playing hockey, swimming, bowling, and track and field with Special Olympics, Tom was very familiar with the sports side of the organization. But 10 years ago, Tom and I met with Tim Shriver. He asked the Galasano Foundation if we would consider helping the expansion of the Special Olympics Healthy Athletes Screening Program. Tim's idea for the expansion was to create a new initiative called Healthy Communities. This was designed to increase access to quality health care in local communities where the athletes lived. In other words, access year-round, not just at a Special Olympic screening event. We liked the plan. We thought it was solid, and we believed Special Olympics could be successful with this new initiative. So that's when and why Tom made the first gift to Special Olympics to launch the Healthy Communities Initiative. A lot of work and impact was achieved with these funds and many gifts from the Galasano Foundation since including the latest gift last fall 
Can you tell us more about this gift and what it would help do? Absolutely. So we've been incredibly uh, blessed to have this partnership with the Golisano Foundation. And we've been able to work since 2012. So this is a very long running partnership, a decade old. And started with only a few programs in a pilot to develop out our healthy communities, just as Anne was saying, to expand beyond the gains into the communities to provide not only the assessments of what the what the issues were that were the health issues with the athletes, but also to provide them with solutions, to connect them up to care in their communities, and to provide year-round health and wellness programming for our athletes. That was incredibly successful. And then um, last year, we uh, were able to provide um, even more from this foundation to really grow this foundational work. Um, it had already grown our healthy communities all across the world. And now in the next five years, um, we plan to grow it even further. And these areas that we're gonna grow into are our pillars in the health work. We call it our path to health equity. So there are four pillars. Our prevention pillar is the P, our assessment pillar is the A, the T is the training, and H is health systems change. So on the prevention side, we plan to have a, an approach that starts from the moment of diagnosis all the way through the lifespan. And that's really expanding our young athletes. We wanna get 600,000 young athletes um, involved over the next uh, till till our uh, over the next four four and a half years, um, we want to uh, broaden out our fitness work as well uh, to include another uh, up to a half a million athletes. Um, we want to uh, develop out our healthy athletes, which you know has been going on for a long time, um, twenty years with that really, and develop it out into the next. Ex uh, ex expansion of technology so we can use the latest equipment and so that we can get to um, our athletes being able to use telehealth um, like they do often in other in lots of other places um, and so that we can do more screenings as well get to in the next 10 years up to 4 million screenings we've done about 2 million already over the past 20. Um, and not only doing those screenings but really developing out the care coordination so we can improve the outcomes of our athletes so that they don't that they no longer have the blood pressure problems or the um, problems with balance or their dental care problems or um or uh the the other um, all over health problems that they have um, and then finally um we plan on working uh in for towards the golisano virtual university so that is um, to train the next generation of healthcare professionals. So we know that we can't do it ourselves, that we need to develop partnerships to be able to do this, partnerships with universities, partnerships with health systems, um, to try to change those health systems, partnerships with governments and with other um, foundations and nonprofits as well. Um, and, and that's the plan uh, for the future. I think it's a really exciting and, and bright um, future together, despite COVID. Um, I think that COVID, the the um, we have lessons that we can learn from COVID as to how to unite all of us towards an inclusive health 
Um, we have a long road to go to do that, um, but we can certainly take those lessons and move them forward um, to better the health of our athletes. And, and Alicia, would you like to share a powerful story from the healthy community that you have visited? Sure, I'll I'll jump in here, Novi. It's um, one of the trips that Alicia referenced is referenced in her remarks. Um, my trip to Kenya. You know, it's one thing to read a proposal and to read the reports, but when you actually get to see the work being done up close and personal, it's really a game changer and a life changer, and it stays with you forever. I was able to actually visit the home of a family and an athlete which um, was very informative to me. The dad was so eager and anxious to attend the Special Olympics health forums. They want education, they want information on how best to care for their child or their loved one with intellectual disabilities. And the young athletes program that I was able to observe, um, wonderful name, the Little Angels School. Doesn't get any better than that. Again, the parents, so hungry for information on how best to help their child stay fit and be the best they can be. And we, um, I also toured the Lions Hospital and met with Dr. Manaj Shah, who was a Golisano Health Leader Award recipient. And you know, in, in Nairobi, Kenya, healthcare resources are very precious and few when we're thinking of people with IDD. But the Lions Club and the partnership that they have with Special Olympics is just wonderful. And I saw the exquisite care that they provide to athletes and others with IDD. So it was a wonderful trip. I'll never forget it. And as I said, it's one thing to read a report. It's another to see the work up close and personal on the ground with our partners, with athletes. So that's my story yeah definitely I think definitely also when you see a young athlete and you know their family just just you know they're, they're really you know I was able to one time go to a young athlete's um program the special mix DC have one at nearby and and those athletes I was like this little boy said watch me shoot this three and I was like yeah and then yeah some some children were were standing up. They they might have had difficulty with muscle tone, and they were learning how to stand up. They were stretching. They were having fun with the rhythm and the music, and smiles. And it it, it was just phenomenal. It was just wonderful to see. And as Alicia mentioned, we our partners were there. UNICEF was there. Catholic Relief was there. And as she said, one of the tenets or the pillars of the Healthy Communities Initiative is that we need and we will work with partners. Special Olympics never said they could do it all by themselves and um, has never tried to. So we, we work with other organizations that are, have been on the ground and will continue to be on the ground to help us um, with our work. Well, I cannot, we cannot thank you enough for, you know, just partnering, not partnering with it, but help also helping specialists grow. Wow, you're very welcome, Novi. My pleasure. And Novi, we have grown so much. I mean, from those very few first programs all the way now to 77 and growing uh, country programs 
um, country and state programs participating in, in healthy communities. I mean, it's just amazing. Um, I actually, I was gonna share a story from Anne and my trip to Ireland, but I actually think first I'd like to share another story from from our trip to Kenya as well, because Anne, when you were talking about the family health forums, I actually met another family at the family health forums as well. Um, two young mothers, two different families. One mother is right here, the other mother is on the other side of me, and the the this mother has a a young child on her back, um, uh, in in a sarong uh, strapped on her back, and the young child's maybe about three or, or so, um, small for a three-year-old. And I had noticed some some kind of uh, unusual eye movements. And uh, and I I was mentioning to that mom, I, I noticed that the that your son does this kind of movement with his eyes. Does he do this a lot? And she said, oh yeah, he does this all the time. Uh, and to me, as as a physician, this was very clearly seizures that were happening. And um, the mom had said he had done this since birth, that the, he was told that it, she was told there wasn't anything that she could do, um, and that it was uh, essentially her curse that he had 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 this. When the other mother was standing there, she said, oh, no, it's not a curse. This is convulsions. We can we can help you with this. That there's a clinic as part of the hospital on Wednesdays, the fourth Wednesday of the month. You can go, and you can get treatment for your son. He doesn't have to continue to do this. And it was actually this amazing interaction between these two mothers, who we had brought together, who otherwise would never have had their uh, their own their their own ability to advocate mm -hmm. and the one mother was advocating for the other mother and the other mother was actually receiving that information so differently than if she had received it from a doctor or even a community health worker but from another mom um so uh it was i think so empowering for both of them it's incredible for me to see it was something and as you say i won't forget that um, and and the power of what we do in our family health forums. When I think about it, we have so many families who start off worried, who start off scared that they aren't adequate. But what we have is 5 million other families who've also all been there mm -hmm. and who can be sharing and supporting those families around that time of diagnosis, or not even around the time of diagnosis, but throughout and the course of their children's lives. So to me, that was really magical for me to see in the healthy communities and that sense of empowerment and, and family empowerment. That, that, I, I, I just over here like, you know, in awe because that definitely shows the amount of support that, you know, not just Special Olympics, but, you know, a community that doesn't, what that will, care for each other you know mm -hmm. and that's just, just definitely that that definitely shows a lot of respect there were um that particular family health forum i don't know and if you remember there were just so many parents who got up and 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 spoke and shared their stories and and we had brought in some the program the the uh, had brought in some 
speakers and, and the speaker was great and the on top of that the support and the connections it's like this doubly powerful experience you know right from the get-go even with the 14 pilot programs um, we we learned and realized that family health forums is one of the the foundational strong services and programs that we have in healthy communities that that in connection to other families there's nothing like it when you feel like as you said like you're all alone and you are scared nothing better than having a parent a neighbor a friend who has gone through it and will help you through it this very powerful there's no how about how about that excuse me novi how about that dad too that for weeks and weeks or months and months he used to bring his son he was quite frankly embarrassed that his son had intellectual disabilities but as a dad he knew that this program would be good for him and could help so but he used to drop the son off and stay along the fence i don't know if you remember this story alicia and over time slowly but surely he used to come into the program and when we were there, he was actually leading some of the physical fitness exercises for the young children. It, it was just magnificent. It's, it's incredible, the transformation. I mean, truly, yeah. And you magnify that and you think about that's one, one, yep. one instance, and then it's just exponential around the world. Yeah. And I think he felt, probably he felt safe because, you know, yeah, knowing that you know, there's a there's a community in the organization that will help him and his family, you know, overcome this fear. And that's that's such an excellent point that he felt safe. He could trust that everybody in that area in that program would help him. As someone who's va vaccinated, Novi, can you share with your fellow athletes who might be hesitant to get the vaccine um, about how your experience was with getting it? You know, I got a, I got the vaccine when it first came out and I had no reaction to it. Uh, I, you know, I got it because I wanted to protect my family and friends from COVID. And I'm, you know, I'm glad I, I did it because I wanna, you know, encourage everyone to get vaccinated. And you know, be able to do special event activities and you know, exercise, you know, stay healthy and enjoy, you know, doing special Olympics, special Olympics, you know, activities that they enjoy doing. So that's why I got the vaccine. Did you participate in some of the online fitness programs throughout the COVID lockdown? Yeah, period? you know, yeah, yeah, and you know, they definitely it was a little challenging at first, but you know. Mm -hmm. I got the hang of it. We, the Golisano Foundation was so impressed at how quickly Special Olympics was able to pivot from in-person games and competitions to online fitness and um, support for mental health. That was so important for athletes to stay connected to one another because we couldn't in person. We all felt that sense of isolation and being alone, but Special Olympics athletes in particular, I think were impacted by, by the lockdown. 
What does inclusion mean to you? Well, I'll take a stab at it. Um, inclusion, to have equal access to opportunities and resources that many people who are marginalized may not. Um, I like to think of it more, I, I would like to see an inclusive world. So what does that mean? It, it's a culture. It's um, we change our mindset, you know, hearts and minds. That's the Special Olympic motto, that we can appreciate different talents, skills, and perspectives. An environment, a world where we, where we feel welcomed. Oh my gosh, Anna, I don't know that I can improve <laughs> on that. I would say, if I'm looking at inclusion, I'm looking at every athlete out there to make sure that they have all of the healthcare that they need and all of the resources that they need to be healthy and just as healthy as everybody else. So when I see inclusion, it means an end to the health disparities. And to me, it means equity. Thank you, Dr. Booth. Dr. Bozzano and Ann Costello for joining the Inclusion Revolution podcast. It was great to talk to you today about the partnership with the Galasano Foundation and the important health work that you're doing around the world. We, we appreciate all the work that you continue to do for the Inclusion Revolution. And I cannot thank you enough for allowing me to interview you, Ann, and, and Alicia for, you know, everybody to understand what what is what the health is around inclusion so thank you so much you're very welcome thank you for having me i always like to talk about the health work and the partnership between the golisano foundation and special olympics thanks novi thank you ann thank you novi thank you for listening to the inclusion revolution radio don't forget to subscribe tune in again in two weeks for a new episode